guys, and welcome back to another episode of We Believe to You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today's guest is Corby Mintlead. She has been on the Mystics Path for almost 50 years. She's a psychic, a channel, a medium, and she's been reading since 1973. She travels coast to coast into Canada and is a full-time intuitive counselor and appeared frequently on radio and television and is an inspirational teacher and facilitator. Um, she's also been featured uh, a feature channel in Robert Schwartz's breakthrough series, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift and Your Soul's Love. And she herself is also an author. And we're going to talk about some of her, her books today, or particularly, particularly one. Um, but she, yeah, she's the author of Clean Out Your Life Closet, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, and You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie? So uh, I am excited to have Corby on today. Um, Corby, did I miss anything? Because I know you, you got a whole no, like, you didn't miss amazing file. How to pronounce the name? It's Mitlide, not Mitley. Oh, man, and I even asked you how to say it before we even started. Okay. <laughs> so that's much. what the way most people say it if they don't oh, know German. My gosh. So it's it's okay. Uh, okay, I'm probably turning as red as my hair right now. Uh, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so, so you reached out to us and then I was able to, to go through, um, your book, which is one of the ones that I want to talk about today, uh, the psychic yellow brick road. And yeah, I, I think it's a, a very important book for anybody who is interested in getting a reading, maybe whether you have or you haven't, uh, I think, I think it's a good read, uh, even more so if you haven't, just so you kind of you know know what to expect and the do's and don'ts and uh as someone who has had readings before this was you know i i really needed this knowledge as well so i, I think you know it's definitely going to benefit me for my next reading whenever i get that done so thank you for writing that book but i would love to to talk about it a little bit more um if you don't mind well but, you know what you said about it is exactly what i got written there are 6,942 books on how to be a psychic, to psychic development. But, you know, people go to art museums and they love sculpture. But it doesn't mean they want to come home with a block of marble and a chisel and dig out the camel. They just want to appreciate it. And this is the book for people who really like being able to access intuitive information through a reputable psychic medium rather than here's how to be a psychic and i don't think there's another book out there like that i mean with some of the ones that i've read i, I definitely have not read one like yours like i said it's it, or like you just said too it's always how to be a psychic and as much as i would love to hone in on those skills like you know, some people are more natural at it than others, and some people have more time to do it and dedicate to it. And I'm just like, just just tell me, because <laughs> I'm struggling yeah. to, to figure it out myself. So, yeah. Um, and the yeah. thing is, this book doesn't say, and Corby is the only one you should go to, because that's one of the big problems in books that most psychics write is it's all about me, me, me. Do I tell yeah. some stories in there? Yeah, because I'm funny. But I don't care if you never come to me. If you read this book, you will be able to have a better intuitive session with any psychic you go to. And that's good for us because mm -hmm. if, if you get a good psychic, all boats rise. How you mm -hmm. feel about psychics in general gets a little better. 
Yeah. And I think as somebody like Michelle mentioned, you know, somebody she's somebody who's had a reading before. I'm somebody who hasn't. And part of the reason why is I'm just Rookie. terrified. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm, <he> <laughs> I'm terrified. Uh, so the way this podcast is basically uh, you have the rookie, which is me, mm-hmm. and you have the expert, which is Michelle. So Not an expert. Mm-hmm. I just. <laughs> <laughs> but she knows quite a bit more than, about this um the subject matter, you know, just every, just, it seems she always says something to me. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I, I'm always learning, especially when we have guests on like you who, who are just something I've never, when you, it's, when you said what you, you know, what you do, I, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I will find out, you know, on this <laughs> podcast. Okay. Um, so for somebody like me who's never had a reading before, I, the, the thing with me is I'm terrified of like what they're going to tell me because I was like, what if I don't want to hear what they're saying to me? Or then what if you I'm have a right to, to say, I mean, with me, I will, if I ever get a reading and I do it really, I'll say, you do not have permission to discuss health things with me at all. Why? Because I've done the cancer dance three times and I'm a hypochondriac, baby. I don't want you to put it in my brain. Yeah. So seriously, a good intuitive counselor, a good psychic, if you say these are the boundaries I do not want you to cross, they'll listen to that. And if they don't, you get up and you leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've also traumatized him. I and And again, this is why I think this book is so important because I've definitely had readings where I am getting... It's information on a topic that I just that's not something that I want to discuss. And mm-hmm. and then I feel like I just have to sit there and listen to it and answer or like validate. I'm like, I mean, I guess. And then it stays in my brain for months. And I feel like then I am playing it out because it's in my head. Um, Michelle, I totally get that. Um, yeah. A week before I got married, a very famous Native American seer shook my hand and said, oh, stomach cancer in two years. You're going to have a terrible time getting rid of it. What the? Yeah. <laughs> and I've never gotten it. I'm not going to get it. I, that you know, I've been married for 20 years. But you know why he said it? Because his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer. So he was letting his ego bleed out on perfect strangers. Yeah. yeah. No. And and that was one of my favorite parts of your book, too, because I, I had that exact same experience. Well, not exact, right, but very similar to where she was like, your relationship is going to end. And she's like, you got to be single like me. You've been married and divorced five times. And like, we don't need no man. I'm like, OK, now I feel like you're projecting a little bit. But, no, that happens yeah. all the time. Um, at my very first show back in 2002 was run by a woman that I call Reverend Crotchety. She's long dead. And she said, we're so glad to see you. This is great. Come, I want to show you how we read here. Now, that was about five months before I married Carl. We still can't pass each other in the house without smooching. Now, we were always like that. (laughs) But she flips some cards. She goes, I'm so sorry. But your fiance is sleeping with your best friend on a daily basis. And he's siphoning money out of your bank account. Now, my best friend at that point, Thousand Oaks, California. Cobleskill, New York. Daily basis, don't think so. Yeah. And he didn't even know where I had a bank account. But then she says, that's all right. I'll tell you how to handle it. And then proceeded to tell me how she took her four husbands to be cleaners. Muddy channels give muddy information, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we must keep like, our egos out of it. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. 
highlight that one for sure in the book mm-hmm. when you guys read that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so then on on that subject of people kind of projecting their own you know stuff, stuff. onto yeah. So what what are some of the absolutes that people need if they're going to have a reading? Or are they yeah? Are like are there? Sorry, let me rephrase that. Is there anything that would ever be like a hundred percent? This is going to happen. And would you ever kind of bypass that and say like, this is important. You need to know this. No, even the best of us are only 85% accurate. The only one hundred percent accurate is God. And God is not doing private readings this week. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's one of the reasons why I encourage questions that have expansion. Do not ask me if your business is going to be successful because what if I said, no, you're going to lose everything and live in a box under a bridge. Or if I was one of the Madam Hoo-Has or Swami Swalandas who would go, oh no, I'm so sorry. You have a family curse, but we can fix how many in your family. Uh-huh. That's what it sets you up to be. Yeah. Yeah. You ask the empowering question. You want to open up a broadcasting studio. You say to me, how do I make it rock and roll? Then I pull my entrepreneurs spread for you. Card for you. Card for Eric if he's going in with you. Card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location to look for, how to market it. Clients, competition, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Now you've got all the information you need. You can see the pitfalls. You can see the things to grab, but it leaves it to your free will. I like That's that. That's the important part. I like yeah. uh, you just gave me chills when you said that. To me. Like, I mean, I didn't feel like you were speaking directly to me. But what I'm saying, like, what what I'm trying to say is that I like that because the other way I feel is knowing the type of person that I am. Like Michelle was mentioning right now, if you tell me something negative, I will dwell on that and I will I will make it happen. It'll become a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people, if you tell them, oh, no, you're doomed to this, like they're just going to think about it and think about it and think about it and they're going to make it that they're going to uh, manifest that negativity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the way I explain things is here are your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. Here's your food box. Go rock and roll. Look, I don't believe in bad news. We have challenges. I've done the cancer dance three times, but through that, I lived the examined life. What does that mean? This thing is happening and I really don't want it to, but I can't escape it. Okay. So what's the lesson I can take from this? Me personally, what can I do in terms of teaching with it? And then next. So it's not a matter of scared. And frankly, because I'm a hypochondriac, I especially stay away from health stuff. If you have a health situation, I will, like any other good professional, refer you to the right person who is my buddy, Stacy Wells. I've known her for over a quarter century. She is the best medical intuitive in the U.S. She can look into your DNA. You go to her. Me, yeah. I'm your business coach. I'm very good with past lives. I'm good with helping you parse out your emotions on a situation. That's where you come to me. I am your practical intuitive. You're like the three things that I need right now, apparently. So <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I was like, oh, I can use that. Wait, I can use that too. Oh, wait, that last one also. So, okay. it's There's a reason why we are connecting right now. Apparently. There you go. There you go. Love it. Well, And actually, so kind of on the topic of that, then how, how 
how do you know, or I mean, I'm sure it's not like a picking and choosing, but where she's a medical intuitive versus, you know, you're more with like business and stuff. How does, how does that, how do you discover that? When spirit hands you your draft notice and says, hello, you're working for us. (laughs) It goes rifling in your file cabinet to see what you're good at. What do I have? Well, theater major at Brown University. I acted in New York in the 80s and 90s. So I understand character arts. Words are my drug of choice. I am a writer, so I can tell stories. And I have been interested in history since I was a wee thing in single digits. You put all that together, and my top skills are tarot and oracle cards and weaving the stories that they tell and past life retrieval. Now, there is a difference between retrieval and regression, which most people don't know. Yeah. Regression must listen to me out there, my darlings. Regression can only safely be done with a certified hypnotherapist or a certified past life regressionist. Because if they send you up to the Akashic and you see a traumatic situation or a very difficult death, you don't want to be really reliving that so they can pull you out slightly so you can be objective. Okay. Retrieval is when you give me an obsession, a phobia, a place, a person, something that you're always dealing with. And what is this? And I'm the one who can quickly go to the Akashic, pull down the book and say, read chapter two. The two examples I give about this. A woman came to me and said, I'm really worried about my son. He's 29. Won't make any decisions without me. Won't live more than a mile from me. What the hell is going on? So I said, okay. And I went upstairs and in about a minute, I said, I'm seeing Utah Beach, 1944. So this is D-Day. Your son is one of the soldiers on the beach. He's down. He has shrapnel in his leg. You're his commanding officer. And so you scramble over the dune and you drag him to safety. You take some shrapnel too, but you both went, uh, both live. And I opened my eyes and she's very pale. And she says, can you see my rank? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She goes, he's called me sergeant since he was three years old and we've never known oh why. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I've already heard this and I got chills again. <laughs> what, you uh, listen to that different. on one of the, because no. this and, uh. and the Civil War story I have are the two that can not be explained. They're too precise. But don't come to me and say, I must have been Anne Boleyn because I can't wear turtle legs. <sighs> Not there. (laughs) Now, why don't we remember all of our past lives? Because we don't need them. Mm -hmm. If you are a janitor in Des Moines and you find out that you were Napoleon Bonaparte, you really think you want to mop the floor? No. Um, When you have something that you stumble over all the time, or things like that phobia, or an obsession, why am I obsessed with um, 1940s and and, uh, USO stuff? That was one that I got in uh, a first night Saratoga event. And I told the woman that I saw World War II, big Italian family, all the brothers went to war and they always worked with the USO because that's how they supported from the home front. And the brother that was in the Air Force died over Germany. And the mother said, we will not wear black because he died heroically. We will wear blue sky blue like the sky he fought for Mm. and the woman stands up unzips her jacket takes it off she's in sky blue and says it's always been my favorite color oh wow Wow. you know (laughs) so i have to assume i'm getting something from somewhere yeah Yeah. 
That's fat. No, okay. See, now I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm obsessed with. And I just want to list off all the things and have you tell me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. very intrigued now, for sure. I mean, I already was, but even more so now. And um, I'd like, so Eric and I also have this connection to like the Civil War, but how often does that come up? Like, I feel like that must have been a super traumatic experience for a lot of people. And I mean, a lot of people died. I am sure they reincarnated. Like, how often do you get that? Um, oh, I'd say maybe six or seven times a year. But remember, I read a thousand people a year, so uh, it's not yeah. all that often. Yeah. Um, because I can pull lives from Egypt. I can pull lives from Victorian England. I can pull lives from 15th century China. I mean, it's all over the map. And you don't yeah. always incarnate into the same places. We totally were supposed to ask this first question and we never did mm-hmm. because we just got yeah. right into the book. But uh, so we'll we'll come back to the book because I still do have some questions. But the question that we're supposed to ask every time at first is what was your very first paranormal or spiritual experience that you had that kind of brought you into this world? Well, you're all going to laugh because <laughs> there is anecdotal evidence that most of us who do the wiki woo stuff, heavy duty, got a clop on the head when we were kids. (laughs) Seriously. So when I was four, I was sledding down the hill close to home. Nobody taught me how to roll off the sled. So I went face first into a massive Uh. concrete bench. Boom. Didn't fracture anything. But by the time I was nine, I knew there was magic in the world and I wanted to go find it. Um, Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school working part-time at Spencer Goods. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. And um, five years later, everybody moved to roller skates and disco balls. I loved the cards. I loved the stories. So for 20 years, I read for friends, keeping my ego out of the way. All of a sudden, in the early 90s, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. Wow. I, I mean, I've, I've definitely heard of like near-death experiences and stuff. And mm-hmm. and when you come back out, then you have these gifts. But like, I mean, that kind of makes sense to just kind of <laughs> knock it kind back into you. rewires yeah. yeah. the brain. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend it here. Look, I'd love for Isabel here to have a psychic gift. Let's throw her on a bench. No, don't do that. That's yeah, really no, not yeah, good. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. no. Guys, <laughs> do not swing a bat yeah. at your friend's no. head. It's not no, gonna work. No, no. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I mean then then speaking of psychics, what what are some of the misconceptions that a lot of people have about psychics that you'd like to just like nip it in the bud that's not true kind of thing? Okay. Things like we read your head as we're walking down the street. No, most of us have manners. And please do not believe what you see on the Long Island medium. That is called a drive-by psychic shooting. You know, I was actually going to bring it up. You're in Wegmans and you're feeling up the cantaloupes and all of a sudden Teresa Computer comes and says, excuse me, your Aunt Doris has a message. Your back tire is bald and you're going to die in a week if you don't fix it. Just telling you who walks away. This is bullshit. Her PR team goes out and looks at all the Wegmans on Long Island and maybe chooses the one in Hicksville and then interviews people and has them sign model releases and then it's rehearsed six times. Please, please. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> but too many people who aren't new to this think that they have a right to tell you anything they get. 
even if you don't know them from Adam's house cat. So they'll come up to you and say, I have a message I have to tell you. You have a right to say, no, you don't. I don't know you and I don't want the message. But I really have to tell you, I will not listen. And if they follow you, you get the manager of the store and you report them as harassment. <laughs> uh, Look, I have had to deal with this myself at psychic fairs. You know, there's always the little rookie. Hi, my name is Little Dancing Raccoon and here's my spirit guide, Arctic Bear. And she has had one Reiki class. So if, you know, I've been reading for eight hours and I have a neck ache and I do this, she goes, I can help you. She comes at you like this. I know Reiki. Please, no, I prefer you didn't. No, really, I can do this. I said, I don't want it. Just let me try. Back off. Yeah. You're not very love and light, are you? Well, oh, you yeah. didn't listen. Yeah. You know, no means no. Um, it's, look, people, there are no better business bureaus for psychics. There just aren't. And a lot of people don't know the rules. That's one of the reasons that a lot of good intuitives that I know, my, my good colleagues, read the Psychic Yellow Brick Road, laughed and said, God, I wish I had this book when I was starting out. Yeah. It is also the reason why you really want to do the business like I do. Look, I'm 67. We need new blood. That's why I wrote, You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie. It's everything I learned from being on the road 18 years, 45 weekends a year. My nickname was the Travel Channel. But there awesome. are there are certain things that I teach people in there that you're not going to find in anywhere else. Things like, I always make sure that I have a sign-in sheet, and unless you are disabled, you have to sign on it yourself. And I get your handwriting. No, I'm not analyzing it. But many years ago in London, Ontario, I was reading a young guy. He did not like what I told him. And the next day I found a an uh, anonymous death threat on my table. What? But oh, wow. I was able to match up the handwriting and turned it right over to the police and they took care of it. Interesting. Um, you know, and going to you as a rookie, Eric, I mean, one of the first things that I say when I find out somebody's a rookie is, okay, mm -hmm. three things. Number one, if you don't understand what I'm telling you, you stop me right there. Corby, back it up and do it again. I'm not getting it. Second rule, there is no such thing as a stupid question. You ask whatever you like. Third rule, there are three cards that weird out rookies. Death, the devil, and the tower. If they come yep. up, I'll tell you what they mean because it ain't that. Yeah. Um, you know, the tower is doom, gloom, and destruction looking, but I say, no, no, no. I want you to think of it like the imploding sports stadium, Okay. Red Sox want to build a new stadium. They got to blow up Fenway first and clear the ground. So that says be ready for change, but you can run toward it, not away from it. Second, of course, is the devil card, which is not Mr. Horns in a tail. It is not even Jack Nicholson and the Witches of Eastwick. It is being bedeviled by something, someone, or some situation, or holding yourself back from your highest and best. And, of course, the death card does not mean you're going to be hit by a bus on Tuesday. It's death of an old way of life. Death of which about grown, death of what was never you in the first place. Now, on the other hand, it does look scary, which is why I teach people you need a children's deck with you. Why? Because it's a crowded psychic fair and your client has her little daughter, Muffin, who's two on her lap. Mommy, mommy, card, card, want a card. She says, well, you just let Muffin pull a card. What are you going to do? Oh, Muffin, look, death. No, you don't. Uh. <laughs> I'd love to see that play out. <laughs> 
No. Oh my gosh. So you have a it's called cat wisdom and it has little kitties and squirrelies. Oh my and gosh, the kid incredible. can pull a card and you can talk about the card and the kid is happy and the mother says thank you when you go on with the reading. I mean, these are things when you have done as long as I have, you know, basically since Moses was in diapers, you put it in the book so yeah. people know. Um, but one of the things that I encourage people to do is come with a list of questions. I love that. I don't care how fast I am, and I am fast. Even if you're with me for half an hour at a psychic fair, I may not get to everything. And if what you wanted was your kids, but I spent time on 14 other things, you're going to leave them. Yeah, she didn't tell me anything. So tell me what you want and let's go there. Um, there are some people who say, well, you should just sit in front of them with no expression on your face and don't tell them anything. And if they're good, you know, they'll read you. That's like trying to climb Everest in sneakers. There's no grip. And I don't play that game. I also don't, if you stand in front of my desk and say, I don't know, tell me something you couldn't know about me. And if you're right, I'll have a reading. Baby, I will just look at you and smile and say, I'm sorry. I don't roll over and fetch either. And I will turn my back and you will not get a reading. It's happened. Just oh as gosh. 15 minutes to get a sandwich down and a guy leans over the desk, pokes at my sandwich and says, you don't need to eat right now. My wife needs a reading. My front person slid right in front. And of course, what? they never got my booth either. We are not respected. We're considered like a latte or a burger or a car wash for a service. So mm. that's one of the other reasons I wrote that book. So people will respect who we are. Yeah, it's that I, wow. I, I can't, I can't even have imagine to earn that respect that. by not being the Madam Hoo-Ha, the Swami Swalanda that baits them and fakes it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, then, so uh, speaking of people who are completely and utterly disrespectful, like what, what mm -hmm. are some of the main do's? And, I mean, the whole book is lots of do's and don'ts, right? But what are mm -hmm. some of like the, the key points that you want to tell people like, don't do this, do this? Okay. Come to me ready for information. Don't come to me knowing that you have to get me to give a certain answer. And the one that all psychics who ever read this book bust out laughing about is this one. Does Bruce think about me? No. Has he ever thought about me? Not the way you want. If I do such and such, will he think about me? No. Is he going to call soon? He isn't. Well, if he isn't going to call soon, is he going to call later? And she beats on you, hoping that you will finally go, yes, yes, he loves you when he wants seven babies with you, but he just doesn't oh, know yet. Oh, good. I thought so. Don't do oh, this. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You know. Uh, um Yeah. And don't waste money going to psychic after psychic after psychic, hoping somebody's going to give you the right answer that you want to mm. hear. You yeah. come and you have to be open to whatever we have to tell you. Doesn't mean you have to accept it, but you have to at least listen and not try to direct the reading. Makes okay. Sense, yeah. You have to pay fair to play fair. Here are some examples that people try. How about you're doing a reading for less? At least you're getting paid. Can my friend and I have a reading together and only pay for one? Here, do a free reading for me. And if I'm impressed, I'll tell all my friends about you. Wow, you charge a lot, but I really want a reading. And they stand there and watch me waiting for me to offer them a deal. And my favorite, why won't you give me a free reading? You're just greedy. You're not very spiritual. Oh, man. And when you switch that to any other 
profession, they go, oh, I would never say that. Well, don't say it to a psychic. You know, yeah. they don't realize how much it costs us to do psychic fairs. Number one, that's not free. You know, a four-day show in Kitchener, Ontario would cost me roughly about $1,500 in expenses. Yeah. That's why I charged. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think it's super important that people – because I, I know there's that whole argument of, like, well, if your gifts were a gift from God, like, you shouldn't be charging for them. And, like, I, I don't have, you know, gifts like you. And even I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> like, Fine. come on. That means Joni Mitchell should never be paid for any of the music she creates. Yeah. It's, no, no, I don't think so. Not how this works. Yeah. No. And it's an exchange of energy, too. I mean, don't, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm even sorry that you even have to deal with any of that. But, but I you know, the exchange it, you know? energy is right because, yes, it is true. In the old days, if you wanted to see your druid, intuitive whatever they call them then no they would not say give me money but you would bring them a chicken or a cloak Mm -hmm. or some wood in gratitude and so they'd reach it we don't do that now please i can buy my own chickens but in order to do that i need the money from you bringing a chicken over the border from kitchener ontario would not have been possible (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's a valid point for sure yeah I don't know when you were when you were talking about that. I was just it it blows my mind like that that I mean it no it I can totally see people doing that because mm-hmm. like like Michelle like Michelle does she does jewelry right so I'm sure people see that or when she was doing her cakes and stuff like people see that and they're like oh it's a cake you know like they want it for a certain price but they don't understand the time the effort the you know that goes into that and same thing with you like and mm-hmm. it just it blows my mind that you know people have that mentality yeah Yeah. and yes you're going to pay more for me because i have half a century of experience i'm a certified tarot master etc then you're going to pay it a little dancing raccoon's been reading for eight months yeah Yeah. i mean just just to kind of like for people like me like it's it's like when i i went to, uh, to like we were just talking about before i got here i was i had just come back from the mechanic Yes, I paid a pretty penny to have my car fixed, but the last last year when I paid, you know, a little bit less, my car didn't come out as great as I wanted it to. So you mm-hmm. pay for what you know, you get what you yes, pay you for. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But realize you do not have to necessarily pay thousands of dollars. I mean, you know, Celia Brown used to charge two thousand dollars for twenty minutes. No. Jesus. Um, I, one of the things that I have done, and it's been very nice. People have said you undercharge, but I do it on purpose. There are like 15 or 16 different types of readings on my website. You can do a five minute burning question for 25 bucks. Just one thing you need to know. The most expensive thing I do is called a soul plan reading, but then I'm in deep trance meditation for 12 hours before you and I are on the phone for an hour. Oh, wow. That one is 600 bucks. But when you look at what my general reading hourly fee is, I'm actually making only about 20% of what I would charge you because I want to put it in the hands of those who really need it. So that's, that's the way it is. And I tell people, do not spend more money than you have or you want. I'm very fast. Don't buy an hour general reading when I can probably get it done for you in 30 minutes. And people realize that. But at the same time, if they insist on an hour, 
and we finish in 30 minutes, I do not just shrug and say, well, tough. I will give them a code and say, here's a, a, a code, a coupon code. And next time you need a half an hour with me, you put that in, you will not be charged again, and then you'll have your full hour. Wow. People say that's crazy, but I respect people's money, which is why yeah. I work and have steady work because people know yeah. I am not here to take advantage. That's amazing. That I, is, uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like people who are trying to take advantage wouldn't I mean, obviously they wouldn't do that. So <laughs> You know, if people are saying this, well, if, you know, it's a gift, you should do it for free type of thing. Well, I mean, that's, that's, it's a pretty nice thing to do for people, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, with really fair what you're doing, it's, and it's a generous thing that a lot of people don't do either, too. So, I mean, I feel like if that doesn't already say enough about who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Then. People maybe just need to go somewhere else. And, you know, I do free reading sometimes. I do a once a month on my Facebook page. I do Psychic Sundays with my dear friend, Michael Arrington, who is also the wonderful drag queen, Esther Goldberg. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. So I do it on there because it's fun. I enjoy it. So I'm putting my pro bono, as they say, out there. But if you demand a free reading from me, there's the door. Yeah. Yeah. No. Demanding anything. I hate when people are like, oh, so if I buy this, this, and that, do I get a discount? I'm like, no. I could, I would, maybe would have offered you one, but now that you're asking for it, I don't want to give it to you. I, I just yeah. say sign up for my newsletter. It always happens in December, Black Friday. Yeah. That's when you <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Okay. No, I need to, I need to take note of that and say that next time. <laughs> yes. If um, you seriously, if you want to find out what the heck I'm doing with lots and lots of discounts for Christmas, Go sign up on my website to the newsletter. You're going to know a week before anybody else. So there. Good to know. Awesome. Good to know. Um, so, yeah, one of one of the things that Eric uh, was telling me about, you know, that you do, and we already kind of touched on the subject, was, was reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, again, super fascinating to me. And I, yeah, don't know how we've never had someone talk about reincarnation on the podcast yet. But can um, can you tell me what kind of got you interested in past lives? versus yeah. you know, anything else? Um, uh, it was 1991, and I was visiting the old Rhinebeck Aerodrome, which is a flying museum in Rhinebeck, New York. They have planes from 1909 Blarios to Barnstormers and everything in between. Now, up to this point, I knew nothing about World War One. I. I was afraid of Germans, afraid of hearing German, because I'd been taught, you know, Nazis are awful. But when I got there, I didn't care when I saw the American planes and the Canadian planes and the Italian planes and the French planes. All of a sudden, there's an Albatross D5, followed by a Fokker triplane. And I felt this soundless explosion in my head and my heart. As I watched them fly, I had two thoughts. There's a story behind that. Oh, I flew that one. All of a sudden, overnight, I had to learn German. I wanted to know about the pilots. I would recognize faces. And I, through a lot of work and some past life stuff of my own, I found out who I was. In fact, people look at the picture of this pilot and me and say, oh, my God, was that your grandfather? You look so much like him. It explained a lot of the expressions I use. It explained why I was born into the family I was born into and always felt like I was on the wrong bus. Um, 
it was very interesting. He was an engineer who played the violin, brought it to the front. My grandfather was a violinist who was good enough to get into Juilliard, but his father said, we need an engineer in the factory. So he was an engineer who could play the violin, but, you know, went and did the engineering anyway. There are so many resonances, oddball resonances. So that's what told me that there was really something to past lives. And um, the thing is, nobody is smart enough to get it done in one, guys. We've all had them. But we only remember the ones that are important to us, that bring us lessons. Now, the most important thing about reincarnation is people say, oh, but the Bible says we only live once. And I go, yeah, you're right too, because it's the soul that reincarnates. Corby, Michelle, Eric, we are one and done. This recipe will never come back. But we don't just smell that like a candle. Anytime we are in our best selves, that's our soul coming through. Example I use is my dad. He was my best friend. And he was a fabulous cardiologist, very loving and warm doctor. The occasions when I do medical stuff, and sometimes people ask, dad may come in. When he does, what what do I feel? It feels very much like dad. He still puns, God help me. Um, <laughs> he is still warm and compassionate and incisive with his medical knowledge. What is no longer part of the package? His hypochondria, his depression, and his anxiety, because that was for learning things down here. He no longer needs that up there. Now, for uh, there's another way of explaining this. Let's take the actor Matt Smith, okay? Matt was the 11th doctor. He was my doctor with a bow tie and the suspenders and the two short pants. Crazy best friend. When he was done with that, he hung up the doctor suit, and then he put on the Prince Philip outfit for the first two seasons of The Crown. And then when he was done with that, he hung up that costume, and now he's the whack job over in House of the Dragon. Matt <laughs> Smith is the soul. The doctor, the prince, and the whack job are all incarnations. That's how it works. I love that. I that you just explained that so beautifully, and I've never ha heard it explained that way before. I mm -hmm. just yeah, that was great. And, and you explained it in a way that Eric can understand too. The first one Wait. was the way I could understand, and the second one was how Eric could understand. Okay. Now, Ricky can understand. Let's also look at karma because that's part of it. Everybody thinks karma is bad and good. No, 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 no. That's the kindergarten version. Robert Schwartz, in his books on pre-birth planning and life between lives, showed that karma is really five things: unbalanced energy, which is a neutral, healing, service, contrast, and healing your beliefs. So let's take the actor Ryan, uh, not the actor, uh, the kid, Ryan White. If you remember him, he had AIDS in the late 80s before we really knew what it was. He got it from a blood transfusion, but everybody treated his family horribly. They were pariahs in their own town. He wasn't allowed to go to school, all of this. Then he meets Elton John, who at that point is drinking, drinking and drugging and pouring his way into an early grave. But he really likes Ryan and the family. He's very moved by how strong they are. So he becomes very close friends with the family. He sings at Ryan's funeral. Ryan inspires him 
to get clean and sober, which he has been for well over 30 years now. And he started the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has raised half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research worldwide. Now, the old way would have been, oh, look at him. He must have been a terrible person. Look what God did to him, Ben Karma. The new way of looking at it is the soul says, well, it would be a short life and a very tough one, but look at what we could cause in the world. So we actually came in with a karma of service. See that difference? Yeah. Don't judge, guys. When you see this, don't judge. Mm, I don't know why I'm getting so emotional right now. It's because I am a rev and you're hearing the preacher voice. That is exactly why. So. Mm. You okay, brother? He's, he'll be Can right. a second? Yeah. There is not enough kindness in the world, not enough compassion, not enough understanding. And that's why the work I did with Robert Schwartz is probably the best work I'll ever do. Because we gave people another way of looking at their lives. I didn't do the cancer dance three times because I was evil. I did it because 80% of the time I come in as a guy. And I'm a typical guy. My tough lives are when I'm female. And in this life, I came in needing to understand that women are worth more than what they look like because that's how I tended to treat women. And I came in by the time I was 11 kids, I had a Dolly Parton figure. So all my adult life, I was told that's, you know, no one ever looked above the neck or below the waist. That's all I was worth. And I believed it. Uh, That's why I got the cancer dance three times. The third time was the second primary. Turned the danger clock back to zero. But the doctor said, sorry, three strikes are out. So we're taking the rack. We're taking the ovaries to cut the estrogen. And you're going from this Dolly Parton figure to this fat fire plug with permanent side effects in three weeks. Suck it up. And I had just been married to Carl for a year and a half. Now, this is where the examined life comes in. Did I go home and cry? Yes. But I said I knew I needed to find three reasons to be okay with this, to get through it. Fine. You don't have them. You can't get cancer there. The top half is not going to get slammed in the refrigerator door at the doctor's. And every woman listening knows what I'm saying. And implants, cool. I'll be perky till I'm 93. Walked out of Mass General after a double mastectomy and recon in three days. Shopped for a bathing suit in five. That was 2004. It's almost 2023. I'm here. I'm healthy. But I look like a grandmother. I look. I lost my looks. But by doing that, I found an ability to teach. And I knew what I was worth that had nothing to do with my looks and everything to do with my heart and my mind and my soul. That was the karma of contrast and healing. I just like want to give you a round of applause. Like, that was, uh, that was amazing. I Look, I put a lot on my plate this lifetime. I did. But I'm getting through most of it. And that's what's important. Because look at the way the world is now. People will need kindness. They will need other people to believe in them. They will need people to hold their hands. They will need tribe, true family of choice. So that's why I look at every single thing you've ever been through. Grab the lesson and see how you're going to play it forward now. 
not just psychics do this. Every single person listening has the ability to say, this is all the crap I went through. How can I work with it? How can I teach with it? And go on. We've got to stay connected with each other. That's the way it goes. I, we really needed to have you on because you're like hitting some points that like things that I have been like dealing with and going through. I mean, it's and you hit a nerve with Eric as well. Uh, Look, can I be really blunt, Michelle? I am what used to be called a charismatic. I walk into a room three feet before I walk into a room. My energy is huge and you either love me or hate me. And I have finally said, fine, live and be well. Because I'm not afraid of who I am. When you're not afraid of who you are, you can put everything that you are out there. And your generation, you guys are going to need to do that. That's why I talk about being an elder, not a boomer. Look, age-wise, yeah, I'm a boomer. But boomers think that we did everything right. Why can't you and, and, and? And I look at people my age and I say, listen, you idiot. When we were their age, we weren't worried about being killed in school. We didn't worry that the world would be uninhabitable before we were dead. We didn't think that we would never be able to afford food, let alone a house. You have no idea what they go through. You've got to be an elder. What's an elder? An elder knows it's our turn to go off the spotlight and give it to you. We offer what we know when you ask. We don't keep bludgeoning you with it. We shut up and we listen to you and we learn to be a third trencher. Now, what's a third trencher? Back in World War I, first trench was over the top. Second trench is where the reserves were. And third trench was medicine, food, supplies. Elders at third trenchers mean we're the ones who do the dishes and pack the lunches. And we let folks your age plan the feeding the homeless event. We don't put our stamp on it. It's your turn now. And the more boomers will understand that, the less politics will be able to play us against each other, which it's trying to do. we got to be in this together, guys. We absolutely yeah. do. God, I wish I could give you a hug right now. I like, know. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, I just want everyone to hear this message that you're saying because I don't think that it is said enough. It's like... Oh my God, the bullshit that they play on, excuse my French, but that they play on TV and New like York. in the news. I mean, <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's just, it's, it's so, I'm sorry. It's just so refreshing to, to hear that. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I just want to be like, hell yeah. <laughs> Good. I don't know. It's Take amazing. Take it and run with it. Take yeah. it and run with it. That's the thing. Yeah. But you know, wow. it's, it's why, it's why I do my Patreon. Pass it on to the next generation. It is not about, I mean, I'm 67, I could be dead, God knows when, but sooner rather than later. Everything I know, I have to pass on now. I don't want it to stop with me. And I mean, these the books that you've written so far are an amazing way of, of doing that. So, I mean, and again, with what you're saying now, like th this is even more so a reason that I feel like people should, whether it's work with you or get a reading from you or read your books, like I just... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just super riled up, like in the best way possible. Just hearing, hearing everything that you're saying Thank right you. now. Is, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, and I definitely like, 
from our very from our first conversation on the on the phone um i definitely felt your energy um i'm i'm a lot more i got off the phone and i and i called michelle's like she was um she was a lot for me (laughs) (laughs) she was a lot for me in that moment i was like i think it's gonna be a good episode but i definitely you can feel just you know you i can i felt you you know, like, it, like, it sounds it, weird, but I felt you. You know what I mean? It's because there's like an intensity, but not like an aggressive intensity, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I was it's, like, it's, you got a six year old with an adult brain who wants to go play. That's really why. Yeah. And, and and I also I didn't say this to Michelle, but um, I feel like I I I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever seen you anywhere before, but like I saw your picture and you seemed very familiar to me. I look like um, everybody's second cousin, Eric. I really do. Yeah, I don't know, but I saw I, you when you sent us your headshot. I, I was like, I feel like I've seen her. Son, like I feel like I know her from somewhere. I just don't like you know. But yeah, so I just had a whole bunch of like stuff like in my yeah head, and then yeah, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up because I don't know. Why. It's okay. It's just, I'm, it's okay. I'm just go right head. ahead and blither all you want, Eric. It's fine. I'm still trying to recover from, you know, I'm trying to get my uh, wrangle my emotions back because I'm still like, you know, I had like a knot in my throat still and I'm still trying to like bring it back in. I I do not know what happened just in that moment. It just it hit, like I just got hit. The story again. hit. That's OK. Yeah. That's OK. Do you want do you want me to? To bring it back to reincarnation and change the subject for you a little bit, Eric, or you, sure. <laughs> can you keep going? <laughs> no, we can keep going. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I, I um, <laughs> a question that I don't, I'm sure you have been asked before, and the reason it popped into my head was because I don't know if you heard my dogs going ballistic uh, a little bit ago. <laughs> so your wolflets? Yes, I heard your wolflets. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of reincarnation. I'm sure you've gotten this question. Can animals or pets reincarnate or is it just let like me a tell you. No, no, let me tell you. Um, Oswald, my big brown tabby Maine Coon, he got me through divorce, remarriage and cancer. He was my best buddy. And we had to give him the final kindness because he was half his weight and in pain and whatever. And I cried so much. My eyes were swollen shut. That night, I dreamt about him. He was back to his 20-pound self, and I was in a, a little rowboat, and he hopped in the boat, and he turned around in the prow, and he settled, and I literally jackknifed awake out of bed full of joy because I heard the message, Mom, thank you so much. That body sucked, and I'm so <laughs> glad to be out of it. I'll come back. Watch for me, I promise. Well, I worked with a very good animal communicator, and I said, and she knew, which breeder and which litter it would be. I said, how am I going to know it's him? She said, he's, he's got it handled. So I went and there were four kittens asleep in one of the beds. You couldn't see heads or tails. They were all sleeping. And he was going to have the same name. So I sat about six feet away and I called him. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Three of them didn't move. One of them, the head shot up, looked at me, Aww. came in in my lap, like, where the hell have you been? He comes home. <laughs> Goes and naps in his favorite old place. Says hello to the other cats who are going, who the hell are you? Eats out of everybody's food dish and then settles. I'm home. 
And he was known as Oswald the Great. And he he had his own Facebook page and people loved him. He was hilarious. He had to get the final kindness very early this time because he had a very enlarged heart, which would have given him a, an agonizing death if we had just waited. So God bless. We had a great vet who came to the house. We call him Uncle Dr. Dave and gave him the final kindness gently. And I just, you know, sang to him and he went to sleep and then gone. Um, that night in the middle of nothing, not thinking about it, nothing in a different part of my brain, I hear this very cheerful, I'm here, mom. And I just Aww. lose it. And final part of that story. A few months later, we had gotten a new cat to keep our other ones company. This is Harley. He's our little ginger ninja rescue boy. And my husband, who doesn't see what I see, comes upstairs and says, um, could you come downstairs? Harley sees something. And I go downstairs and Harley is staring at a corner and I open up and I go, it's Oswald. And Oswald's energy is like enormous, like mountain lion size now. And he goes up and he puts his paws on Carl's shoulders and we ask how you are. And he's wonderful and he's patrolling the hayfield outside. And I said, all right, come sit with me. And I sat on the bed and I patted the bed where Ossie was. And I said, Harley, you want to talk to your brother? And Harley goes nose to nose with where he was. I didn't direct him. So now um, Oswald has what we call the Heavenly Treats Cafe. And whenever somebody that I know loses a pet, especially cats, um, there's a little picture that I always put up and I promise them that Oswald has gotten them to the welcome table and there are tuna sliders and Prosecco's and sardini teenies and they're, they're just fine. And it, it is amazing what comfort that gives to people, you know? So do our animals come back? Absolutely they do. Do we become animals? What is it, transmogrant? No, we're human, darling. <laughs> you can't come back as your buddy's basset hand. It doesn't work that way. Dang it. Sorry. It's all... <laughs> I know everybody wants to come back as my cat. Um, but yeah, I've got a 27-pound Maine Coon now named Prawn. Oh, wow. And he's, he is literally this big. Um, so to answer, to roll that back and yeah. answer, yes, your animals do come back, but only when they want to. Hmm. Only when they want to. Ossie made it very clear two was enough. I wasn't going to yeah. get him back a third time, and that was okay. 28 years, I, I did really well. Well, then, so then that makes me also wonder then, it, it, it's at least from, from the way that you said it, like it seemed like he came back pretty quickly. Like, Do, do humans come back pretty quickly, or does it kind of just vary? It depends on what they want to do. I know that the life I had just before this one, Died in 1949, came back in 55. The German pilot died in late 1917, but was reborn in 1918. He had things to do. And, you know, sometimes people just stay up there because they, they'd they rather work upstairs. You know, I very often say, I love this job. I'm going to be doing it until I'm two weeks dead. And then I'm going to be your spirit guide. I'll just change hats. So. Yeah, I've, I've always, I've always wondered that. And I, I mean, is do you have to have a certain amount of lives lived before you can just be like, all right, I'm not doing that again. Like, I'm just going to stay up here. <laughs> no, uh, because it's your soul. 
you don't get a choice. Yeah. The soul gets a choice. I know there's there's one person whose grandfather was a soldier in World War II, and they wanted to know, was he going to come back? And I said, not for quite some time, because his chosen work was to be up there as a guide for soldiers from the Middle East who died in IUDs and the, the fast deaths where it's very traumatic. And he felt that he wanted to be there, that, that personality type for those kids when they came up so confused. It's all choice. Yeah. It's all choice. Well, what is some of like the craziest reincarnation experiences that, that you've encountered? I know you, I mean, you talked about the, the Sarge, uh, yeah. Kid that, that was, that was mind blowing, but. Um, two, two, one short one long. Um, when I was teaching at Lily Dale with Rob, woman raises her hand and says, why am I weirded out with wet hair in my face? I can't stand one, one strand and her hair was butch short. I said, okay. Five-syllable answer. Lusitania, in 1915, you were on the boat. It was torpedoed by the Germans. You went over the side, but you hadn't bobbed your hair. It was still the big Victorian mass, so it took on a lot more water. And also, debris kept getting caught in it and pulled you down and you drowned. She looks at me and says, is that why I'm scared of cruises and boats? I said, probably. Oh. Wow. And my very, very favorite story um, the girl was fascinated by the Underground Railroad, but lived nowhere. I mean, you know, she lived in the middle of, of the Midwest, had nothing to do with it. And so I said, okay, I am seeing it's a whitewashed room, very low ceiling. Two tall gentlemen are standing by a rickety iron bed. Their heads are bent over because they're too tall. You're kneeling by the bed. The dress looks like it's 1862 or three. It's dark gray. It's got soutache black trim on the sleeves and the peplum and the skirt. And all of you are very grief stricken because there is this little old black woman in the bed and she's dying. You had gotten her away from a Mississippi plantation. She was almost at the end of the railroad and freedom, but she was going to die before she got there. And I opened my eyes and this woman is sobbing. And when she got control of herself, she said, I've had that exact dream for 20 years and never knew what it meant. Well, I got I full body chills. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I just, you know, I'm not the magic. I'm the tool that it comes through. I'm, mm. I'm the tube. That's what John Holland teaches us. We are the tube it comes through. Don't think that you are the magic. It's not my aura don't stink. <laughs> We're in service. Well, that, that story fascinates me because this was actually one of the questions that I wanted to ask too is, you know, dreaming about our past lives. Like I, I've mm -hmm. most definitely had dreams where I've, been shot or stabbed and i'm like i've i've never been shot or stabbed before but i could feel the knife like you know coming into my body and same with the gunshots and stuff and is that just moments of a past or could probably. that be right or <laughs> probably yeah just the, the vividness of it and I've, i'm like i've never been shot before so i shouldn't know what it feels like but some but sometimes we have pains in our body we don't know where they're from i used to have running pains down here when I did a past life regression and relived when I was shot down in 1917, that's where the bullets went in. Once I went through that regression, I never had the pain again. Hmm. But loosened you know, up the Michelle, energy. 
the whole being shot and stabbed thing kind of kind of makes sense though well those are two separate dreams i know where you're going with it okay i think i know where you're going i mean yeah yeah, i'm sure yeah (laughs) but i I mean it would it would make sense you know well, I kind of don't want to say anything because I know I'm, I'm, really, I'm trying yeah. to. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm saying really, anything. That's why I'm not saying. No, no, anything. no. I, I'm, I'm really like, I, again, I have been looking for the right person to, to, to do some sort of, uh, you know, past life retrieval and and stuff. And that, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of sounding like I have found the person. So that's why I don't want to like give too much, um, and then just kind of see if, if it, yeah. I mean, Eric knows exactly what I'm thinking too, um, but. I, I'm, I mean, and and even if that doesn't come up, there's some other things that I really want to know, um, because yeah, I have some obsessions that I'm like, there's no reason why, um, but I feel like now there is possibly a reason why, and I want to know what they are. But yeah, we have been told before that like we have reincarnated together a few times, and so like do do you agree not necessarily do you agree with that that eric and i but people reincarnating together or like uh, soulmates sure. or twin flames and my things fa- like that? yeah my father was my best friend in most of my lives we were same generation but i knew with everything that was on my plate i would need a best friend as a father this time and his soul agreed to play that role for me hello interesting Oh, hi, kitty. This is Manfred. Manfred is the oh old man God. known as Grandpa Guampus. Grandpa Guampus. My guys, wife and I honey. are obsessed with Maine Coons. Darling, mommy is on the radio. Please oh, don't I jump. wish you guys could see this cat. It's oh, my goodness. And he's our smaller one. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Okay, next cat is going to be a Maine Coon, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. They're gorgeous, gorgeous cats. So Eric and I have this ongoing debate about Ouija boards. And our question to you is, would you use a Ouija board? So the answer for her is yes, maybe. Wait, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like she's slamming. I'm giving you a look that would freeze beer. And she's staring at me. Ouija board. No, I'm just staring at the camera. Ouija boards. When you do not know how to ground center and shield is like opening your door in a strange neighborhood and yelling free beer. You don't know who's out there, but they heard you and they're coming. And yes, it is true. Esther Hicks got Abraham. Jane Roberts got Seth. Pat Rodegast got Emmanuel. But they knew how to ground center and shield. I've had to deal with two gibbering teenagers who, when they put their hands on the planchet with no prep and said, who's there? The planchet spelled backwards very fast. I have an ax and I'm here to kill you. It was not their uncle, Danny. Oh my and God. for everybody who says, oh, it's toy, you know, how dangerous can it be? And I get that at lectures. I said, okay, who here has, has a kid or a grandchild under 10? Hands go up. You. What's a kid's name? Joshy. How old is Joshy? Joshy's eight. Okay, fine. Joshy says, Grandma, Grandma, I got all A's on my report card. You said we could go pick out a toy. Let's go. And he drags you into the toy department and points to a box that says, my first chainsaw. It's in the toy department. Gonna let him play with it by himself? I don't think so. I hate Ouija boards. Hate them. All right. Well, that okay. was that did not go the way I expected. I thought that was going to go somewhere else and you went this way with it. And I was like, all right. Well, okay, but she kind of also validated like my points that I make about Ouija board. So my my points are always like, yes, I would, but 
it would have to be with someone who knows what they're doing. And like you said, like being, being able to ground and protect, mm-hmm. I would never just like go grab one and like, let's see what happens. Like you said. So, so I, I feel like I mean, I feel too many like people do. <laughs> so, but I, okay. So then like, I, I almost feel like at this point we're kind of on the same wavelength because I wouldn't use it, but for the reasons that she mentioned and you would use it, but you would have to, you know, for with, the reasons that she mentioned, you would yeah. need to be with the right people. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like we're like we agree, but we just like I just. But I would still be more willing to to use it, you and wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But, but we I think agree we with agree. That. Yeah. Yes, I, I we agree on <laughs> the right. you need to you know safely do it safely be, yeah. because Ouija boards have been used so improperly for so long. <clears throat> it will attract the lower level entities. They see a couple of people and they, hey Sid, let's go play with them. You know, so there are other ways to reach on the other side that haven't been as tainted as Ouija boards. True. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, I loved your end of soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that was that was a perfect answer, honestly, because I feel like we both won there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for for being on with us today. Like, I I mean, Eric got emotional. I feel empowered now. I'm like, we're just this this was great and we learned about reincarnation and your wonderful book about you know what to do what not to do um but people need to read it regardless because there's so much more that we didn't even get into um and and i think it's an important one if you are interested or have had a, a reading before um but just to to wrap up where can people find you on social media or is there anything else that you well, like Michelle they can't avoid me <laughs> first the website is corbymidlie.com you can find me on facebook instagram medium patreon pinterest youtube all under corby Midlight. eric any final words just that you have an open invitation to come back whenever you'd like we Seriously. would love Amazing. to have you back on um Thank and you. again a lot of times when people come on with topics i'm not too familiar with I tend to just absorb and listen rather than speak because I, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, if I don't know, I feel like if I don't have a lot to contribute, I just don't want to speak to speak, you know? So I did a lot of listening today. Uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that I have a lot more to learn and yes. I would love to have you. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Michelle would love to have you back on as well yes. uh, to learn <laughs> a lot more. So Absolutely. again, you have an open invitation. Uh, and I'm sure we'll reach out at some point to have you back on. So as we say in New York, we'll talk, we'll have coffee, you know. <laughs> All <it>. right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That was Corby Midlight. Uh, I'm, I'm still stuck on on what happened. I don't I don't think you guys could actually truly hear how emotional Eric got. Uh, it was much more of a visual thing. He held it together audibly pretty well <laughs> but what what happened i don't know and i'm still not over it like i'm still feeling it i'm still very much in that like space because you just you talking about it right now again kind of like is wanting to bring it out again but i don't know what it was i i legitimately don't know it, like what i mean i know what she was saying and I, and and it was you know just a beautiful thing what she was saying but just went and then when she said uh the karma of service or something like that. Like for whatever reason, when she said that 
it like just set me off and i don't know why i don't know if it was that if it was the whole situation if it was how she was saying it what she was saying i i could not tell you why but I was listening and I was fine. And then I was like, oh, you know, I was getting a little bit like I could like when you watch a movie or, or yeah. like a show and something happens, like I felt that. And then she just said karmic service. And I was like, or Kar- karma of s- something, you know, along those lines. And like it just I I literally w- wanted to ball like I wanted to like ugly face cry. Yeah. I had to pull away from the mic and like squeeze my face to keep from like bawling like a baby like and i said like a lot in that just in that moment just this little bit but i just i can't describe what or why i felt the way i felt i i don't know i have never seen you had have such a like visceral reaction like that um to anything <laughs> like I, the only other thing that i can think of is like the when we did that cleansing. cleansing yeah that's the thing that came to my mind right now but i i mean it does i don't think it's the same it's it's not the no. same it's yeah. not the same um but to, to see you that like emotional and that's because yeah. you held it in and didn't even actually get to get as emotional as i'm sure that you want wanted to or you know that you needed to because yeah. i feel like i still feel like it's there like i still feel like i need to explode out yeah honestly Definitely, um, once we're done with this, go have a good cry. <laughs> I think it's or you just can a do lot it right of, now. I think it's just a lot of stuff that's been happening recently. Um, like I said, like I mentioned, you know, some st- issues with the car that, I mean, I've been having kind of issues, but just, just it's been that, and then like my, I'm gonna be changing schedules again, so it's 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 changed for the good, but it's just a lot of stuff. So I went on and on and on just to say that I don't know if it was just an accumulation of everything. And then just the way, you know, what she was saying hit me somehow and it caused me to, to do that. But I guess it's also kind of relief that, you know, the cars seems to be fixed now. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was everything It you know, there's just something that, that she said or whatever. Um, just hit me a certain way oh jesus christ i'm sorry that you had to deal with that feel that brother but it's good now i um um yeah i actually wanted to talk uh a little bit about uh day of the dead because i know we had our altars and it was last week and everything um we went to go have dinner and then valeria was like i you know i want to go to a cemetery you know i was like okay I was like, well, let's go to where my, you know, my grandfather, my grandmother and my aunt are buried. And dude, I showed up. <clears throat> I knew where to go in. And I knew roughly where they were at. But that big tree that used to be there. Yeah. It's not there anymore. Really? Yeah. So that's a landmark that I would use to find yeah. their, their tombstones or their headstones. I couldn't find it. Uh, so I, I went down a line that I thought they were in and I just, I couldn't find them. I was like, no, I've gone too far. I'm too far to, you know, too far in. And then Valeria told me she turned and just kind of felt emotional. Like she wanted to cry and she starts walking in the direction and she ends up finding Chelita's headstone. Oh, yeah. Chelis. Yeah. So, um. 
and then we just kind of there, there was a lot of people i didn't know that people down here you know celebrated, celebrated like that yeah. yeah but everybody was was uh not everybody but there was a lot of people like the, the it was the most packed i've ever seen wow. the cemetery ever like even on you know like mother's day and stuff like mm. that yeah or may, I've, maybe i've never been on mother's day yeah well, we i have. feel like we have we have we have yeah, pictures. It, it's definitely more packed than on mother's day Wow. Um, and then we actually kind of like looked at some gravestones and we we found one that was a father and son mm. that we didn't realize were father and son until we looked at them and they were like, oh, they died on the same day. And then I was Ugh. like, let me see if I can f- look at this. And I kind of looked it up and I was able, I couldn't read the article because it's like behind a paywall, but I could see the headline and it was like Brownsville father and son die in, you know, in a car wreck or something like that. Ugh. It's, yeah so i knew you were gonna say that before you even said it yeah i and i had an i and that's what i thought too like when i saw it i was like this, this was probably this because of the date that they passed away i'm not yeah. gonna say the date but because of the date they passed away i was like oh, i think it might be this and then i looked it up and yeah sure enough it, that's what it was wow. but uh, yeah so i definitely learned some stuff there was a lot of you know stuff that you know I, i'm sure we didn't go over and oh, like we ton. mentioned um, I just wanted to keep listening to her speak. I, I feel like the, the, the again, like I mentioned earlier, it's a theme with me. Like when somebody comes on that I'm not familiar with, you know, they I do. just I stay quiet because I don't want to. One, I don't want to sound dumb, and two, like I just I'd rather listen and learn than speak and not contribute to the conversation. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean you'd rather torture me by making me be the one to But you're so good at it. I'm not. I'm forcing myself to <laughs> Dude, but you're so amazing at it. Oh my god, you're just saying that cuz you want to be I able to just sit back. I am not saying that. <laughs> I am not just saying that. I promise you. You like you would have made a great reporter. Nothing. And pe- have people, talk to strangers. people have multiple guests have said how great your questions are. So, well, thank you, brother. Uh, no, I actually just had this conversation that I need to be more accepting of compliments and not be like, no, no. So, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate it. And I am <laughs> receiving the compliment like I was told to. So, thank yeah. you. All right. Shall we wrap up? Yes. I. I'm hungry and emotional, I, which aren't yeah. good things to be at the same time for me. If you guys would like to get into contact with us, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media, so make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook, Instagram, maybe not Twitter anymore. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening site, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And leave a review re, Leave a review as well because we'll read it here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, hoodies, caps, uh, designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you all want to reach us, besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want to share. 
You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness. And if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate them for you. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? Do you?